آئیڈیالوجی از موسٹ آف یو وڈ اگری اٹس دا بھارتیہ جنتا پارٹی آفٹر آل یو کین آرگیو ود فیکٹس دے آر آن اے بیٹ آف اے رول رائٹ ناؤ اسپیشلی دس ایئر They started off by winning the Uttar Pradesh Assembly elections for the second time in a row along with three other states of Uttarakhand, Goa and Manipur. That means they are in power not just at the center but in 19 out of 28 states and they managed somehow to get back in power in Maharashtra. November 2019 they believe they were betrayed by the Shiv Sena today they've got their back. Let's see The man of the moment, Devendra Fadnavis, he's been leader of the opposition, was chief minister for five years, then became chief minister for just one week. That famous uh, swearing in at seven in the morning with Ajit Pawar, he's got his back. Now he's, well, he's got his revenge. The thing about the BJP is that they relentlessly pursue power, a whatever-it-takes attitude in which they aren't happy till they get all the pieces of the pie. That's why they weren't satisfied to just get the majority in Uttar Pradesh. They also went after the pocket boroughs of their rival, the Samajwadi Party, Azamgarh and Rampur. And uh, the bipolar results of three Lok Sabha and seven assembly seats across five states in Delhi were out uh, today, making all the headlines. First was UP, where the BJP won big. It won in the SP strongholds of Rampur and Azamgarh. So this brings me to the question I am exploring today. How does the BJP do it? And is their top leader Amit Shah right when he says that they will rule the country for the next 30 or 40 years? You're listening to First Voice, Last Word, our weekly podcast on Indian politics. I'm Sunetra Chaudhary, National Political Editor for Hindustan Times. And in my two decades of experience, I've realized that politics is often like reality TV, full of dramatic personalities making strategic moves. But unlike the entertainment that stars provide, this actually impacts our lives. So let me take you inside these corridors of power to understand what the Netas are talking about and how their moves ripple down to us. And today, I tell you how the BJP has become an election-winning machine just by using five core strategies. The number one strategy is pretty simple and is a golden rule for any enterprise or any organization sheer hard work with very close monitoring kya desh ke 18 rajyon mein bhajpa ki sarkar hai 1300 se adhik vidhayak ho 400 se adhik sansad ho rajya sabha mein bhi varshon ke baad koi dal 100 ke aankde ko chune ja raha hai wo naseeb bhi bhajpa ko mil raha hai Prime Minister Narendra Modi urging party workers in May this year to never be complacent. It's a lesson that those inside the BJP know very well. Just like school children complain about the incessant pressure of homework, BJP workers are kept on their toes with constant target setting by their bosses. 
For example, after the budget was announced this year, the Prime Minister set a task for all his ministers and top bureaucrats. The ministers had to go to specially demarcated aspirational districts all over the country and spend a couple of nights there to see how government policies were working. Bureaucrats were also given a task. They were sent to border villages. Go there and spend a few nights and see how and if our schemes are filtering down to remote areas, was the order. To ensure that no one slacked off, they were all told to file clear reports and the Home Secretary was told to monitor this. No room was left for slacking. I always think of this great anecdote which a BJP insider told me about their micro-donation campaign. It's a scheme the party introduced as part of going back to their sung roots and giving a modest donation which could be very small, just like five rupees or so. So like all their campaigns, it was decided that everybody in the party, however senior or junior, must contribute and must urge others to do so. Because the BJP has such large numbers, everyone thought that they'd get in lots of money. But two months down the line... They hadn't even collected one crore rupees. The BJP leader told me that the reason wasn't because of lack of enthusiasm, but because the party workers were given so many tasks and so many commands, they just sometimes get frazzled and were sometimes just unable to keep up with their tough bosses. Now, one of these insiders, key strategist and minister Bhupendra Yadav, has written a book, and it's called The Rise of the BJP, that he's co-authored with economist Ila Patnaik. As I read through its pages, tracking the rise of the party since independence, it was fascinating to see what they acknowledge as their key to success. Yes, we do assess our strength and weakness and act accordingly. The BJP treats every seat, every election with the same respect because every voter matters, whether it is UP or Bengal. We want to win. We want to serve. In BJP, power is the means to service. If power is the means to service, then the second strategy the party uses to get to that power is their adherence to ideology. What led to BJP's rise was its commitment to the ideology of cultural nationalism. The BJP, in its earlier avatar as Bharatiya Janasangh, had envisioned India as Bharat and avoid to seeing the rise and development of every individual who is the son or daughter of Bharat Mata. What makes the BJP different from any other political party is their very clear ideology. And it's the ideology that was handed down to them from their parent organization, the Jansang, founded soon after independence in 1951. The first president of the Jansang was Shama Prasad Mukherjee, who was a staunch critic of Jawaharlal Nehru, especially on laws like the Hindu code bills. Nehru wanted Hindu personal laws reformed so that polygamy was barred and daughters got the same rights as sons. But nationalists like Mukherjee felt that Hindus and their personal laws were being singled out while the constitution prescribed a uniform civil code. They felt, the Jansang felt, that Muslims and the Muslim personal laws were left untouched because of Nehru's appeasement politics. This lies at the core of the party's foundation and that's why the words in the Sang's first manifesto, 
in 1951 are ones we are so familiar with even today nation first and bharat mata in independent india's first elections the jansang won 3 seats including one for its leader sp mukherjee then and now much of the ideological framework is laid by the rashtriya swayamsevak sangh or rss which doesn't directly take part in the political operations but is a very crucial part of it the rss has always the ideological inspiration source of the bjp datuban thingri ji best described the relation when he said we are interrelated but not interdependent so the rss and bjp interrelated with the ideology of nationalism what started in 1952 kept steadily increasing for the jansang in terms of vote share and seats till the 1977 elections when emergency ended and indira gandhi's government was thrown out by the united opposition or janata party in that janata party government three sangh leaders became chief ministers there was bhairav singh shekhawat who became chief minister of rajasthan virendra kumar sakleja of madhya pradesh and shanta kumar became chief minister of himachal pradesh the same ideology of nationalism would continue to win them elections much after the jansang had evolved into the bjp in 1980 and that government delivered on core promises like building a ram temple in ayodhya and removing special status from jammu and kashmir and under the leadership of people like atal bihari vajpayee and lk advani the jansang morphed into the bjp in 1980 and their numbers kept steadily increasing andhera chatega suraj niklega kamal khelega This brings me to strategy number 3 in operation rise of the BJP. Learn from your mistakes and quickly rectify them. Like identifying why a particular election was lost. In his book Bhupendra Yadav gives us an insight into what was really happening inside the BJP camp when they had the shock defeat of the Vajpayee government in 2004. It was the first time they had enjoyed a full term of power and apparently it went to their head. They thought they just won state elections in Chhattisgarh, Madhya Pradesh, and Rajasthan in 2003. The media opinion polls were solidly for them, and so they brought the general elections forward. Vajpayee's minister and campaign strategist Pramod Mahajan told everyone that India was shining, and so they launched this very shiny campaign. But not everyone agreed that India was shining. Rural voters weren't, for instance. Their lives hadn't changed, and so BJP lost with all their senior ministers like Murli Manohar Joshi, Yashwant Sinha, Ram Naik, Jagmohan, Shahnawaz Hussain, Vijay Goel, and so many others. And the reasons identified were lack of communication, lack of coalitions in Assam, Haryana, and a very important factor. When they were in government they had almost ignored the party and the organization there was so much flux they had four party presidents in just 6 years The BJP did not ignore the organization the system in the BJP is such that it is not possible My point in the book The Rise of the BJP 
is that a lot of organization people moved into government and the organization and government could not find the right rhythm of working in tandem so the message of the government could not reach as effectively as it should have so the problem identified what's the fix the new leadership that came in 2013 and 14 led by narendra modi and amit shah were like a twin engine while prime minister modi led the government amit shah led the party and made sure that party's workers kept spreading the government's work you see the party workers in tandem with the government the bjp has the world's strongest organization structure for a political party we assure that when the government implement a scheme organizational engines of the party take the message down to the masses collect feedback and take action on the basis of the feedback prime minister narendra modi ji ensured that he interact with the people of welfare scheme directly one of his vision was to see to it that we have a responsive government that interact with people we don't just announce implement and leave schemes we and by we i mean the pradhan mantri ji himself the central ministers state chief ministers party senior leaders everyone interact with the beneficiaries of scheme we don't just ask we also listen whenever we find that there is some problem with implementation we fix it bjp ministers and party functionaries are set are sent on regular tour programs which require them to spend time with the people senior leaders, senior leaders visit far flung areas inhabited by historically marginalized communities and interact with them we try to assess if our schemes are working on the ground or not if you look at our digital push apps like namo app have opened a channel for people to send ideas and feedback for the prime minister himself on his scheme and plans this is not just a tokenism these feedback are scanned and acted upon that brings us to strategy number 4 in the bjp's handbook of winning elections you've got your ideology you've got your team you've also spread the word now all you have to wait for is hope that enough voters vote you back into power but that's leaving too much to chance according to the bjp they have a unique system of booth management that means for every 30 voters or so there is a manager appointed by the party whose only job it is to get people into polling stations and definitely a major credit for it goes to the then bjp president and now our honorable home minister shri amit shah ji when he took over as the president he said the bjp should not take any election lightly he asked the party cadre to focus on the block and said that if we win the block we win the election every office allow scope to make a difference to human life that's the reason bjp more focus at the lowest level of booth that's called a panna block this level of planning is something other parties are only just waking up to for instance the block level management is something that congress is trying to do in telangana now and the bjp has 
एट ईयर लीड ऑन देम आई मीन नो अ पार्टी हैज द इमेजिनेशन टू टारगेट ग्रुप्स दैट वर नेवर टैप्ड बिफोर फॉर एग्जाम्पल हैव यू हर्ड ऑफ परीक्षा पे चर्चा इट्स एन इवेंट दैट द प्राइम मिनिस्टर इंट्रोड्यूस्ड वन ही स्पीक्स टू बोर्ड एग्जाम स्टूडेंट्स नाउ ओस्टेंसिबली दर्स नथिंग पोलिटिकल अबाउट इट बट इन हिज बुक भूपेंद्र यादव सेज दैट दिस वॉज द पार्टीज वे ऑफ कनेक्टिंग विद फैमिलीज हु वुड हैव अदरवाइज नॉट केयर्ड अबाउट द बीजेपी and the prime minister to influence those who were about to turn 18 and become first time voters now i don't know if it works or not but for young kids who make up a majority of our voters it was introducing them to modi connecting with them in ways other netas didn't it was just great planning kids parents every person who receives ration or subsidies to build toilets and homes everyone was being tapped and reminded about the bjp by its strategists the modi government has just completed 8 years in office uh, and what we have done in those 8 years is really to uh, build almost a I, i would say a social welfare society at a speed and a scale which the world hasn't seen we are giving uh, food support to 800 million people and we've been doing this for more than 2 years so that's like the population of the US and EU put together uh we have a house ownership house uh publicly supported house ownership program uh which covers about 115 million beneficiaries uh which is almost like building houses for japan but all of the strategies i listed are very small compared to their main strategy reason number 1 why bjp wins elections is narendra modi Every party worker, every leader knows he's their trump card. Until now, he's had this Teflon quality to bounce back from setbacks. For example, the demonetization program in 2016 wasn't a success, but he won the 2017 UP elections. The farm reform laws caused a year-long protest, and the prime minister had to repeal the laws and apologize for them. But despite all of that, and less than five months later, they won Uttar Pradesh. they won uttarakhand and both by bucking trends there's no doubt that mr modi today is the most dominant figure it's almost like an imperial presidency and that to my mind is really what distinguishes this particular phase of indian politics from the past atal bihari bajpai dominated the janasangh bjp for a very long time right from the mid 50s to the mid 2000s so it was a very long innings mr modi by comparison has really been in the national in, in the sort of uh, on the on the radar of the bjp for a relatively lesser period but the impact he has made in that in, in that small time has been probably far greater this is very telling video i saw recently of the prime minister interacting with workers who built the central vista when he asked them what they thought of his visit they said it was like lord ram visiting aur kya aapko lagta hai ki ha hame yahan aaye to ye mann ko acha laga hai kaun sa baat hai aur sir bahut acha lag raha hai jaise ki sabhi maa ko kutiya mein gaye the ram bhagwan वैसे हमारे कुटिया में आप आए हैं बहुत अच्छा लग रहा है वाह वाह ये तुम्हारा कुटिया वाह and that's where it all stands till voters and bjp supporters see modi as godlike 
the BJP is likely to keep winning elections. By 2024, Prime Minister Modi will be 74 years old. So the intangible question is, will anti-incumbency finally catch up? Or will the Modi magic refuse to fade? My take is, the voter always teaches political observers, that's people like me, and politicians new lessons. This episode was produced by Deepthi Ahuja and edited by Sanju Abraham. Editorial inputs were by Isha Sahai Bhatnagar and Sneheshish Roy. To stay updated on this podcast, follow us at HD Smartcast on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, LinkedIn. You know the drift. To listen to more such podcasts, log on to hdsmartcast.com. I'm Sunitra Chaudhary and we'll be back again with First Voice, Last Word and yet another Inside Political Story next week. Till then, goodbye. This was a Hindustan Times production brought to you by HD Smartcast. HD Smartcast.